Hey guys, welcome out to Psychology Hacks. Today we're going to be talking about the power of shifting your perspective and a little bit about how to do that. So no matter who you are, more than likely you've grown used to seeing the world um, and everyone in it in a certain way. So we start out totally clueless in life and we struggle to navigate through the confusion. And as we develop an understanding of our environment, we slowly start to create these connections in our brain that allows us to process and understand what's happening around us. So when the brain is young, it's ready to absorb as much information as can possibly be thrown at it. And children soak up information really quickly, just like whiny little sponges. And their brains very quickly develop these structures that allow them to make sense of all the stuff that they learn. So the human brain uh, wants, it wants to do more than just absorb the raw data, though. It wants to understand why that data is coming in to begin with. It's not enough for you to know that the other kids might try to hit you if you steal your, their toys. Your brain wants to understand why those kids choose to inflict pain in the first place. It's how you create meaning. Your brain is a meaning-creating machine. Um, it wants to understand why the world is the way it is, because if it can do that, then maybe it can figure out how to respond to new situations that it hasn't seen before, and it's not left in a reactive state. So while the brain is a master of learning, there's also a downside to this high level of neuroplasticity in childhood. Because a lot of times children, they learn what they do without actually subjecting that knowledge to any kind of critical thought. So they, they can learn wrong, basically. We can all learn wrong. You know, somebody might hurt, or like a, a dog might bite us in childhood, and we might go through life believing that all dogs are evil. Um, I, I had a dog bite me in the face when I was a kid, and I, I don't like dogs to this day. And like, I know I'll analyze that and realize that, hey, that's not a valid thing. That's, you know, obviously this, that was that one dog in that one situation. But it's difficult to unlearn stuff that we learn in childhood a lot of times. Um, for one, because over the years, we stack up a lot of evidence to support it. Um, and two, because uh, what happens is that a lot of times we forget about it. We don't remember the lesson, but we do remember what we learned. And so it's difficult to subject that to any kind of real analysis because it's unconscious. So learning behaviors um, from somebody, from your parents is probably the most effective way for the young of any species to adapt to a highly complicated world. The problem is that um, all too often we see parents pass on ineffective and even self-destructive patterns and behaviors to their children. And more often than not, this generational curse remains unconscious. Like I said, you kind of forget what happened, but you just remember what, you remember that you do something like, hey, I do this in this situation or I react in this situation, but you don't remember why. And a lot of times if you remember why, you would realize that it was something that happened in your childhood that might not be true, might not be effective. Um, but the parents have lived for so long believing that their behavior is normal that they kind of take it for granted um, that it's acceptable and even useful. And because of this, it's really easy to pass on these toxic beliefs you know, down from one generation to the next without anybody ever really understanding what's happening. And the children who are struggling to just keep up with the overwhelming amount of information that's coming at them, um, they certainly don't know what's going on. And they're not going to be the ones to step back and evaluate whether what they're being taught is true and accurate. Their brain's going to quickly decide whether or not what it observes is useful. And if it's useful, it's going to hold on to it. So if the child throws a temper tantrum and gets what it wants, well, the brain's going to immediately learn that losing control is a great way to push mom and dad around. Um, you know, you, you, you can't give kids any, any quarter. You've got you to be merciless with them. Uh, but anyway, after a few years of this, the brain's going to have all these countless memories and examples to draw from to prove this point that, you know, screaming and yelling gets me what I want. So what happens is the personality becomes set. And as the individual, as the individual grows older, not much is really going to change because there's not really a reason to change because 
you're saying, oh, well, I, I, I do this thing and I get what I want, right? And even if it stops getting you what you want at a certain point, it's difficult to change those unconscious behaviors because they're, they're unconscious. You're not aware of them. You don't realize that you're going through the motions of something that you've been doing since childhood um, that might be self-destructive, but it's really difficult to bring conscious attention to all of our actions. And that's kind of the point of what we're doing today. Um, but yeah, no, the, uh, as you get older, um, you, you do adapt to some extent. Um, most aspects of society will reject, um, older kids, teenagers, adults, especially, um, who have no control of their temper, for example. Uh, and rejection from society is one of our deepest fears. So most people do learn to get some handle on their impulses, but the, the core of that belief and the effective, the effectiveness of anger typically remains, you know, as a means to an end. Uh, and what's more, that belief will probably remain unconscious, like I was saying, and never be really looked at by the rational mind. So looking at how easy it is to learn these bad behaviors and beliefs brings us to two conclusions. First of all, there's a good chance that the worldviews that we hold dear are not above question. They should be questioned. They should be torn apart. They should be just completely brutalized and dissected and analyzed. And we need to really call into question everything we believe because we need to understand why do we believe this? Where does this come from? Was this a decision that we made a long time ago that's no longer relevant? Or is this something that's actually useful and actually getting us what we want and is actually supported by evidence that our brain didn't make up because it's good at doing that? Just because we think that something is true does not make it true. And we're just as prone to these faulty beliefs as anybody else. And a little bit of humility and self-reflection can honestly go a long way. It's really difficult um, to objectively judge the inner workings uh, of our own mind. But if nothing else, we should remember that we are biased, and so we should always take whatever we say with a grain of salt. Secondly, second conclusion there. No matter how well we think we have life figured out, even if we think we've gotten rid of all those biases, every single person in this world is going to see the world and everything in it differently. So you need to understand that just because you're right does not mean that everybody's going to agree with you. Everybody's drawing on unique experiences, unique viewpoints, um, past teachings, unconscious fears, programmings. If we want to really succeed in life, it's important to realize this. Even if we're right, we have to understand that people are not going to agree with us. And we can whine about that or we can use it to our advantage. We can be conscious of it and actually work within this frame of reality. So to effectively communicate with others, we have to be able to understand them. And NLP teaches a perceptual positioning technique, um, which I believe is the correct terminology. But it's something that I think you'll find useful. I definitely did. Whenever you need to bring out your best communication and persuasion skills, this is the trick that will probably help with that. And you can do it like in hindsight as well. But if you can do it ahead of time, it really does work wonders. And it's good practice to start off with things that have already happened because you, you kind of know, you know the end of the story and you might be able to piece things together a little bit better. But this is a great way to rehearse for any kind of confrontation or any kind of discussion, anything where you don't want to just be reacting emotionally. You want to actually be intelligent about it. You want to actually communicate with the other person. You want to outsmart them. Or if you just like honestly want to connect with them and you want to make sure that there's no under or misunderstandings. So here's the exercise. So essentially, you're going to mentally rehearse the scenario beforehand, but you're going to do it in three stages. So to begin with, you're going to run through everything from your own point of view. You're just going to let things play out um, and imagine how you'll most, right, most likely react and like what's going to happen um, and how other people probably will. Um, and uh, like run through scenarios of how you want them to react too, just 
because, but the point here is to try to foresee any potential problems. And this step shouldn't be too hard because most people do this anyway. Um, if anything, in this age of anxiety and depression, most people probably play scenarios out in their heads way more times than they ever need to. So this probably shouldn't be too difficult. It'll probably be difficult to stop. But the second step, this is where it's going to take you outside of your comfort zone a little bit, and this is where you're going to really start to make some progress, is that you, it requires you to play the same scenario again, but this time from the perspective of anybody else involved. And it seems really simple, right? It seems really cliche. But with practice, you can get like scary good at this. You can get so good at predicting how people are going to respond and react, what they're going to say, because you're, the, the, the trick here is to really do your best to step inside the mind of that person. It's not enough to just imagine yourself, you know, on their side of the table, you know, wearing their, wearing their shoes and their cologne. You really feel them. You need to adopt their posture, their, their mannerisms, their tonality, the, the vocabulary, all the non-vocals. You're creating that perceptual shift. So it's like a, it's like a meditative state. You don't just sit there and imagine what it's like to be them. No, like you get into it and you really take yourself out of you and into that person. It takes a little practice, but it's well worth it. The ability to step into the mind of somebody else, it just holds a power that's really difficult to overstate. The only real drawback with this technique is that you can't truly be inside somebody's head. The reason being that uh, the way that you perceive their perceptions, perceive their perceptions, the way that you see what they see and the way that you see them, it's still biased. It's still prone to the same faults that we talked about earlier. So be careful to consider as many variables as you possibly can. It's never going to be perfect. Um... But remember, at the end of the day, the goal here, the most important part is the empathetic connection to this person. This is as much an, a, an exercise in emotional intelligence as anything else. So by practicing this a lot, by stepping into the minds of others, we can expand our own viewpoints and we can reduce our own short-sightedness. And this that takes us out of the narrow world that we typically live in. It teaches us to be a lot more thoughtful, a lot more strategic. Um, and like, yeah, it's, it's great. It's all, you know, love and light and all that, that good stuff. Like it's, you're connecting with people and you're, you're on the same side as them. Like you're starting to understand where they come from. That's great. From a, a strictly tactical standpoint, like this puts you in a position of power because you're really thinking things through not only from your side of the board, but also from theirs. You're, you're getting inside their heads and understanding what's going on. And I'm not saying like go out there and use this to manipulate people. Um, I know that sometimes that's a, that's, that's the goal. I know that sometimes some people that listen to this are really looking for that kind of stuff. That's great. Like you, you do need to manipulate a little bit to get ahead in life. You need to at least be able to keep other people from manipulating you if you want to get ahead of life. If nothing else, you have to protect yourself. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that this is some kind of mushy, you know, like, well, just try to feel what they feel. No, like you're, you're really trying to be strategic here. That's the goal. And the best way to do this is you don't really know exactly what they're going to say. If you're judging them based off of your preconceived notions of them. So the better that you can get out of your own head and get into their frame of mind, the better. And that's where the NLP techniques come in, where you're really like adopting their, their body language, their posture, you know, in, in your head, obviously. But after you get really good at doing this, you're going to start to notice that it, it does get pretty difficult to be angry at people, honestly. That's because once you understand their point of view on an emotional level, once it clicks for you, it kind of takes out that sting um, it's hard to be offended. Like even if they, you know that they're upset and they're coming at you for something, it's hard to get upset over that when you understand that they're coming from a place of unconsciousness, from you know learned behaviors in childhood that's still messing them up. Okay, it, it just takes you out of your own head. It keeps you from reacting in an unconscious way. Um, and actually, what you're doing here is you're bringing more consciousness and awareness, attention 
um, to every social interaction that you get involved with and you're developing a really deep awareness of the world around you. And having this level of awareness comes with a lot of power. It gives you the ability to see the environment as a chessboard to be played. It lets you take a step back and consider the viewpoints of other people. And that's a skill that most people never learn. This sounds, I know it sounds simplistic and cliche and kind of weird, but are you doing this frequently? Are you doing this on a daily basis? Because if you're not, it's something that you need to do because it can really help you level up your entire game, like your entire approach to life. It, it's, it not only helps you predict future events, but it also has a side effect of taking that emotional charge out of most situations. So you get offended less, you get hurt less, like you're happier in general. And like, it's just, like, I can't overstate how important that is. If nothing else, the fact that like you won't be offended by people because you understand why they did what they did, even if they're totally wrong, but like you kind of understand it, it's not, it's difficult to be as upset. You can still be upset, obviously, but you know, and of course there's just a lot of power and learning to sit back and observe. And that's honestly the most effective way to respond to most situations. This is just gather intelligence. And if you make this a habit, then when the time comes to act, you're going to be coming from a place of preparation and intelligence. And most people are not equipped to stand up against that. So last step of this exercise, step number three. This part won't take us long. We're almost done. The, the last part is that we take our awareness from the people involved and we move it to an objective third-party observer. And this last part is just as powerful as one before it because it adds a totally new element to the exercise. You're getting even more space from the situation. You're able to make even more rational decisions. And in the same way that a lot of people give really good advice that they never follow themselves, what you're doing here is you're taking a look at your situation from the perspective of somebody with no dog in the fight. You know, you can, you can remove those emotional barriers. And remember, again, guys, the key here is to really feel yourself shift perspectives here. Don't just imagine yourself watching you know, from this other viewpoint, but really detach from your body, really step into this, this viewpoint. And if you make a habit of this, uh, doing this exercise frequently, you're going to be shocked at how quickly your social skills level up. I've already said that, but I'm going to say it again. You're going to go from reacting and living in response to your unconscious to sitting high above the, the fray, uh, high above the emotional battles of everyday life. You're going to be able to anticipate problems and reactions because you're not in your head anymore. You're, you're, and you're also not thinking ahead, you're shifting your viewpoints to the view of somebody else. And you're going to have epiphanies, things are going to make sense to you. And it just allows you to feel more empathy towards other people. And that gives you a position of power um, while everybody else kind of gets lost in the chaos of everything. And it might seem like a simple exercise, guys, but again, it's one that comes with an enormous payoff. So go out there, start using it, do it at least once and see if like you don't get something out of it before you know you, you say no to it. But guys, have a good night, good day, wherever it is at the time of listening. Don't hesitate to reach out to me on social media, um, Jack Gray Psychology Hacks. Also my website, which is Psychology Hacks Jack Gray. It's backwards. Anyway, stay safe, guys. See you soon.